You're listening to The Deadly Dose, hosted by Harini Bot and Megan Gesner. Before we get into the rest of the episode, if you've been enjoying our content so far, please go rate and review us wherever you might be listening from, or don't. Just keep on hanging with us. All right, on to the rest of the episode. Welcome back, Poison Pals. You are looking at us in my humble abode. That's yeah. right. This is Mikasa Sukasa. That's right. And this is a first for us. We are starting to dip our toes in some video recording, got some big plans for the future of our podcast and our content so that is all to come that is all uh, to come a teaser a teaser if you will teaser it's us experimenting you can see us (laughs) make our mistakes and uh, grow with us yes but today is harini's turn to tell a story Mm -hmm. and it's pretty much all i got it's just hot like honestly what's new with us is hot as hell yeah Uh, we're both here in san diego obviously harini's taking a little what are you, two weeks two, two weeks. weeks down here so that's awesome for us we get that we get to chance to do this but she has brought the heat <laughs> all the spice has come back down to san diego and and the rain that's true that was weird yeah, it yeah. rained uh, i don't think it rained down here megan is mm-hmm. more closer to the ocean down or further south yeah but up north where i am it showered yeah. And Megan taught me a new phrase. I don't even know what it was. <laughs> the phrase, so there's a colloquialism in the South. Mm-hmm. I feel like it might be predominantly from Texas, but when it's raining, when it's sunny, they say the the devil is beating his wife. <laughs> and when I first heard that, I mean, when anyone hears that, I'm like, oh man, that's awful. Yeah. But I'm like, okay, well, it's the devil. But does that mean it's justified? No. But like the no. devil will beat and or kill yes, yes. if you believe. It's, if you it's believe. in his character, or <laughs> yeah. his or her, whatever you want to say. I'm like, is it? Yeah. So uh, it just, it just kind of made me laugh. I laughed at how I was like, that's so morally corrupt. And I was like, well, it is the devil. So. <laughs> Wait, who even told you this? Like, how did you find this out? I feel like it might have come from Drew. Drew. So shout out to Drew. I think. <laughs> giving I credit. Think Drew, yeah. Giving credit but, to um, you, Drew. Yeah. Actually, that is a good transition because. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. <clears throat> this episode I have prepared for you and mm-hmm. for you, Poison Pals, of course. Mm-hmm. It has to do with infectious diseases. Oh, excellent. In Philadelphia. Oh, snap. Oh, snap. Oh, snap. snap. But anyways, so this episode is definitely for people who like infectious diseases, Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. and also the origin of infectious diseases. Because I think what, at least for me personally, I don't know how you feel about this, Megan, but (laughs) hey, LT, (laughs) I kind of assume that all these diseases are old mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. and that like they're coming from like way 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 back in the day right but no but no but no like know. like we even talked about with yeah. um hantavirus yeah that this is a relatively recent or modern right. infectious disease right, right right so this is going to be another one of those that's so dope i uh i love a good origin story but i also yeah i like that feeling of like there are just like any sort of I don't know. 
it's it's almost like the opposite of the extinction conversation we're having mm-hmm. while there are many extinctions happening around yeah. us that we might not be aware of because they might be super minuscule mm-hmm. there are like births of viruses yeah. that are happening around us constantly obviously covid was something that right. happened who would have thought mm-hmm. that's just wild to me yeah yeah that who would have thought a brand new virus would I just know. come about and right. just wreak havoc for two and a half years well still it's still yeah still, happening. still around still around i think it is a testament what do i always say it's a testament to our arrogance to think yeah. that we because we are the current human iteration or yeah. you know what i'm saying that we are above and beyond um you know new viruses happening, but they're happening all the time happening all the time so and this is another one excited (laughs) to hear about this in philadelphia philadelphia Philadelphia. born and raised literally this batcher is born and raised okay so yeah have a little bit of a drink actually now that you are here you're here in megan's home we've invited you so take your shoes off because this is an asian household those damn (laughs) shoes off (laughs) clean your feet Mm -hmm. sit with us on the Mm -hmm. couch as we do this story let's go let's okay go. so take you back take you back to summer of 1976 so it's not as re- okay. <laughs> as recent no, as I yours mean, still, to me it's still very modern yeah, yeah, yeah. It's contemporary so we're in the 70s in philadelphia uh do you know what an american legionnaire is it sounds like an airline <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, 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 it's not. (laughs) But now that you say it, it does sound like that. No, so the American Legionnaires are uh, a group of veterans. Okay. So I'll get more into who they are, but I just want to ask. Okay. Okay. I didn't know. So the American Legionnaires were getting ready to hold their annual convention at the Bellevue Stratford Hotel in Philly. Okay. This hotel was having issues with its air conditioning. So they're repairmen that was just kind of working around the clock because they know this convention is happening mm-hmm. and they're like, we got to get this step because I'm right. assuming now I've talked to my friend, our friend Drew. Yeah. It is what it is humid. humid. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You've been to Philly. I have not been to oh, Philly, yeah. but okay. I've been to close, you know, proximity to that area on the East Coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it gets pretty humid mm-hmm. in the summer. So they definitely needed that mm-hmm. air conditioning. Yeah. So 4,500 4, legionnaires arrive at the Stratford Hotel to network, catch up with old friends. Like, mm-hmm. they do this every year just to, like, you know, right. reunite, that kind of thing. So the American Legion is the nation's largest wartime veteran service oh, okay. organization aimed at advocating for patriotis- patriotism across the U.S. through, like, the different diverse programs. So okay. they don't have this convention every year in Philadelphia. I just happened to be in Philly mm-hmm. this summer. The lesions have a great weekend together. They're enjoying. They say like conference, but then it's just time to like sure. fun, yeah, yeah, yeah. get some drinks of with course, the boys, maybe gamble a little bit. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So they had a great time. Like nothing crazy happened. And at the end of the weekend, these 4,500 veterans, they go back to their respective homes all across the U.S. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Except for James Dolan. Okay. And John Ralph who both die suddenly under mysterious circumstances. Okay. John what? Ralph. That's a name from Disney's Pocahontas, I'm pretty sure. Wait, for real? Is he is he the blonde guy? Or is it someone else, a side character? I think it's the guy in Pocahontas like, 2. Anyway, that's what oh, there's that's the a name. second one? I didn't know that. There's a there's a number 2 to all the original I Disney didn't know films. that. Anyway, continue. John okay. Ralph and what the other guy's name was? 
James Dolan. <laughs> James Dolan. They sound like writers. They, they sound do. Like authors. James Dolan yeah. definitely, definitely mm-hmm. does. Yeah. Jean Rolfe is like how I like to say it. Well, okay. anyways, they both die yes. very suddenly and mysteriously <laughs> under mysterious circumstances, rather. Okay. So they both have attended this convention in Philly mm-hmm. and they die two days apart from one another. So no one's thinking like this is a random circumstance. They're like, uh, this is bizarre. Like, what are the chances of these two veterans who just saw each other dying two days apart? Something, something is up. Yeah. And the official cause of death for both of them was pneumonia. Okay. The doctor said their lungs looked like a Brillo pad. Well, (laughs) for our listeners at home, I don't know what you think a Brillo pad is, but I think Mm -hmm. of like the steel wool. Yeah. Like that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the doctor said their lungs look like a Brillo pad, which if anyone was wondering, that is not normal. No. <laughs> That's not normal. Yeah. And a few days after that, more legionnaires mm-hmm. fall sick. Mm-hmm. Were you going to say something? No. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> I'm just <laughs> just picturing an x-ray of a guy's lungs. It's, it's just, just a bunch of Brillo, Brillo pads. pads. <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh, God. <laughs> We're going to have to put an image of that up. <laughs> So one veteran who is at this convention, he mm-hmm. is getting interviewed and he talks about how he was hospitalized for two days. Okay. The symptoms were a headache, muscle and chest pains and a fever that could reach up to 107 mm. degrees. Okay. Now that's high. That's yeah. hot, hot. Yeah. That's like death high. That is death high. <laughs> I have not experienced that kind of a high no, fever never. ever in no. my life. So within three weeks, 11 more veterans die. Jesus. Yeah. In I'm three sorry, weeks. I didn't mean to laugh, but I'm like, no, yeah, that's significant. That's significant. Yeah. In three weeks, 11 mm-hmm. people dying mm-hmm. who are all from this convention. Right. right. Yeah. It's not just random. Now, yeah. if you thought those two were random, now you, you got to um, be yeah, from yeah. a different planet if you think yeah. this is random. And, and they're all being made aware of this. Correct. Okay. Correct. So basically, after these 11 die, mm-hmm. when the veteran who was in the hospital for two days heard of the other deaths, mm-hmm. he's getting nervous. He's like, oh, man, like, obviously, he's not dead yet. He's in the yeah, hospital. Yeah, yeah. He's in serious condition. Yeah. But he hears of these deaths on the news and otherwise. And he's like, oh, my God, like, I think I'm going to die, too. Like, Absolute, of yeah. course. Yeah. And he's worried if anything happens to him, he's leaving behind five kids. Hmm. And he's young. He's yeah, yeah. young at this time. It's 1976. At this time in the interview, he's, he's of course, older. But anyways, mm-hmm. the CDC is now contacted after these 11 deaths because now it's a bigger circumstance. They're worried it's an epidemic right. and they want to catch it and nip in the bud at the right, source. Right. So the lead investigator on the case is a man named Dr. David Frazier. Okay. His first task is to figure out why some legionnaires and not others are getting sick because mm-hmm. it's not everybody. Right. A lot of them, but not all. Mm-hmm. The veterans at the had the same meals. They had the same room. Some of them even shared rooms. Like this was like something we noticed with COVID. Mm-hmm. For example, there would be people who were married to each other, living in the same house, sharing the same bed, eating the same foods, whatever, sharing everything. Right. But only one of them would contract COVID, not the other. So right. why right. is this happening? That is that is like key to figuring this out. Right. So again, like what is the differentiating factor here? So the the investigation will go on to become the largest and most complicated medical investigation in history to date. Wow. Okay. 39 more veterans are now sick Mm -hmm. and no one is any closer to figuring out what the heck is the cause. Mm -hmm. News of this this disease starts to make headlines where people are starting to call it Legionnaire's disease. Mm. Real quick question. Mm-hmm. So the 39 who are, you know, has it's increasing in terms of people coming down with whatever this is. Yeah. Sorry, my button unpopped. I, I, don't, I couldn't tell if you're stripping up or no, stripping no, down. No, I'm <laughs> stripping back up. But, um, 
are they like all ICU status or are mm. they all just like different levels of hospitalization? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think it's different levels. Okay. Um, I definitely think some of them, like the people who who died were definitely mm-hmm. ICU status, but they don't go into like specifics gotcha. of the levels. Okay. Yeah, so they call it Legionnaire's disease. Andrew Hornack, who is a bus driver, mm-hmm. and he drives a drum corps that oh, was nice. hired. Like, they yeah. call it a drum and bugle corps. Love it. Yeah, yeah. I'm all about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's all these young kiddos. <laughs> like They are getting ready, and they have been hired to perform mm-hmm. for this convention for their get-together. Mm-hmm. So he drives this drum corps, this bugle corps, to the convention mm-hmm. and back. He does not stay in the hotel. He doesn't even enter the mm-hmm. hotel, mind mm-hmm. you. But he falls sick and he dies okay. several days after the convention. Hmm. So Dr. David Frazier at this point and his team, they decide to amp up the level of questioning and interviews that they do and just their methods in general. So they fly out across the country because basically up until this point, they were a little bit daunted by the fact that this convention is over and everyone mm-hmm. has gone back to their respective homes. Right. There is 4,500 people and they're all across the country. Yeah. That is a lot of resources and manpower just yeah, to like yeah. hunt all those people down, interview them, etc. And right. this is in 1976. You can't like do like yeah. a Google survey. Right, right. Yeah. So the team is now sent out to all these respective places and but they're only going to target the people who are sick mm-hmm. so they go to the sick legionnaires they interview them mm-hmm. and they ask them these exhaustingly detailed questions such as on which days did you drink coffee hmm. and did you take it with cream sugar how many times on friday did you ride the elevator up and down hmm. like to that point because they yeah. want to just really pinpoint like what it is what was everyone's day-to-day task yeah. that day yeah which is hard for them, too, because they don't remember what they did. Right, right. But I don't, I don't remember what I did. So <laughs> the team collect dust, air, water, and ice samples from the hotel. Even mm. pigeon and rat droppings. Whatever. If you were there, That's if you smart. breathed, yeah. all it's that, getting whipped up. Yep, yep. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Everything gets sent back to the CDC mm. in Atlanta to be run by the tox team there, including tissue samples of the deceased. Mm. From the, d- the data collected, the CDC's top theory was that it was swine flu mm. since the symptoms matched up. Another theory was that it was parrot fever. I don't mm. know what that is, but I'm not going to go into it because it's not about that. Okay. <laughs> that is something to be explored. Later. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what is parrot <laughs> fever? But then the third theory that seemed to be most promising at the top of the CDC's list was that it was possibly a new STD. And they were looking mm. at it as a super gonorrhea interesting mm-hmm. and i didn't want to add this to the story because i don't want to like say this about our veterans but the main source of this is from a forensic files episode mm. what they point out in the episode is that the hotel the stratford hotel made extra certain that there was no sex uh, workers there's okay. no sex yeah, workers yeah, yeah. like kind of wandering around that weekend because they knew the veterans were going to be in town yeah, yeah. and i guess in the past that has been something that the veterans had partook sure, in sure. as part of like their leisurely yeah. activities it's all cool yeah, it's whatever the 70s it's the 70s I man mean, sure anything goes today but like oh yeah, yeah 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 for sure so if they're just like having a good time all around like general debauchery like that might have been part of those yeah. activities so they were thinking everything along the spectrum so i didn't even my brain did not even go that way yeah my brain was like i mean it was like 
can gonorrhea spread non-sexually? Because I was like, maybe it's like, maybe one person had it and it was like a shake of the hand. Like, like, hello, sir. And then it just randomly passed around. Right, right. That shows you how much I know about gonorrhea. Hey, Um, hey. We're all learning. We're all learning. (laughs) So that was their most promising theory was that it was a new STD, super gonorrhea. And Megan, to point out what you just said, got to remind yourself of the time. It is 70s, right? So there's all kinds of things happening. It's the 70s in Philadelphia. (laughs) Yes, exactly. That's exactly right. Sorry, Philadelphia. But also, you know. (laughs) Facts are facts. (laughs) Or was it a disease that came from the sanitation strike? So there were multiple things happening. So the week that the convention was happening, sanitation workers were on strike the week of the convention, Mm. leaving all kinds of trash and garbage piling up on the streets. Mm -hmm. Also happening the week of the convention, it was a busy week. There was, the police were also tipped off about a possible terrorist attack. Hmm. So could it be that the terrorist attack was to poison the veterans? That was a possibility Hmm. that they were looking into as well. Okay. But then we run into the same issue. How come only some of the veterans are getting sick and not others? So a lot of these things are not aligning. Maybe the super gonorrhea. That's why they think the super gonorrhea is probably like the top of the theories, but not this like whole terror terror attack thing. Right. So when the CDC found out that Bob McGarry's roommate, he's one of the veterans Mm -hmm. that was there. Bob McGarry's roommate at the convention got the disease. They wanted Bob to come in and get checked out right away because he had had not been sick yet. Mm -hmm. So, okay, let's figure out like what's going on. So they give Bob the most intense physical of his life, he says. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's like, what does that that entail? What does that entail? Uh, And what they found out was he basically what that does. He does say he basically every bodily fluid imaginable is just like sucked from his body let me get a little sample of that a little bit of this a little bit of that (laughs) uh so he gives it to them and uh they gave bob an intense physical and what they found out is that if your roommate had legionnaire's disease Mm. it did not increase your chances of contracting the disease Mm. okay so what that tells us it tells us two important things Mm. it tells us that one contraction was happening outside of the hotel room Okay. And two, it does not spread from person to person. Okay. Are we, are we, with, yeah. are we on the same page? So yeah. it's not happening in the hotel room? No. Okay. I think that is more, I guess, surprising to me. Like mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. not spreading from person to person makes sense because there's only a, a certain people that are getting it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or, yeah. You know, not everyone's getting it. So that's why I'm like, it's not a super spreader. And, and the reason yeah. why the hotel room part is important is because well I, the point he was trying to make the mm-hmm. cdc investigator is that this guy bob mcgarry was roommates with someone who passed away mm-hmm. and yet he did not get sick yeah, so yeah, what yeah. what is the difference right. here so they literally shared a room right, right. for a long time so if he was like breathing the same air like he's trying he's to figure out like what soaps. is it correct yeah, correct okay. even the same towels mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. he's not getting sick so whatever it is the the bacteria or the disease or whatever you want to call it it's not in the room okay it's coming from somewhere else in the hotel is what they yeah. think and the convention was held in some then like the ballroom of the hotel yeah. it all happened yeah, in yeah, the hotel yeah, yeah. at some point okay yeah gotcha gotcha hence why they were asking like did you ride the elevator did you take uh, the okay, stairs okay. did you do this yeah. did you eat from this pot whatever right, you know things right. like that okay okay it's a real whodunit of the bacteria i know where is um, it coming from? Yeah, where is it it's, coming from? It's calling from inside the house. <laughs> like, this is like a, oh my God, no, no, no. Okay, sorry. I'm thinking about Stranger Things now. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> okay, 
So blood tests and disease tissue samples eliminated all the major infectious diseases and STDs. So right. it's super gonorrhea. Super, you're, you're out. Super out of here. You're super out of here. <laughs> but what's more puzzling is that there were individuals who got sick that weren't veterans. Okay, yeah. Meaning yeah. they never went to the convention. Yeah, like the bus driver. Like the bus driver, yeah. but more than just the bus driver. Interesting. There are people who got sick who simply walked outside of the hotel. Literally just walking on the sidewalk, they got sick. The heck? Yeah. Isn't that weird? Mm, it is That's weird. That's weird. And be? people who were walking adjacent from the hotel, but on the sidewalk. Even more weird. <laughs> it is weird. You mentioned something about air conditioning earlier Girl, in the episode. You got good memory. Okay. You got good memory. I am curious to hear what you say because it is confusing to me if it's not coming from inside the room, though. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But I all have become an idea. clear. Okay. I won't. Want, I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to be the person in a movie theater that's like, I'm gonna guess the outcome right now. And then you don't want to? <laughs> no. No. Okay. You tell me. I want to see you try. <laughs> um. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Put a pin in it. Okay. We'll come back cool. to it. Right. That's Megan's theory. <laughs> What's yours? Okay. okay. All right. So continuing on. <laughs> Strangely, it seems like the more time you spent outside on the sidewalk. Mm -hmm. like specifically outside the Stratford Hotel, the more likely you were to get the disease. Okay. None of the hotel staff are sick. Interesting. The working theory is that it wasn't necessarily coming from inside the hotel, but Mm -hmm. somewhere near the hotel. Right. They had pretty much ruled out that the disease was foodborne or waterborne, so they were working out if the disease was airborne. Okay. Then at the University of Connecticut, Dr. William William Sunderman gets an anonymous letter saying that the veterans at the Stratford Hotel were intentionally poisoned. What the? Dun, dun, dun. Okay. Did not expect this. This but is like that an means, anthrax I, thing. Yeah. You know? that's, I mean, it's kind of going back to their theories about like maybe a terrorist attack or something. Right. Right. I don't know. So Dr. Sunderman, of course, immediately turns in this letter to the FBI, mm-hmm. but also decided to do a little digging on his own. Yeah. So Dr. Sunderman was an expert in nickel carbonyl a clear odorless liquid that could be easily transformed into a gas so dr sunman reaches out to the cdc and tells them of his concerns nickel carbonyl didn't seem to fit the bill it caused a lot of the same symptoms Mm -hmm. and when liver tests were run they found a large amount of nickel present in Mm. the bodies okay but that turned out to be a dead end because the nickel found in the bodies turned out to be nickel that came off of the medical supplies, like the medical scalpels mm-hmm. that were used during the autopsy. Gotcha. Which is a little bit scary, too. Yeah, like, like, <laughs> like how it was like sloughing <laughs> off the, the, the medical right. supplies. If, if they're like catching high levels of nickel yeah. on the bodies, but it's like, come from, yeah. I mean, I guess so. it doesn't matter since they're already dead, For but sure, sure. you know, I'm a, scalpels are also used on live people, yeah, yeah. so that's also not good. Yeah. So a different thing for a different time. So, yeah, so that's all a dead end. So nothing is really figured out for the next five months. So five Mm. months go by. They're not really getting anywhere in the investigation. So Mm -hmm. now it's December 1976. Okay. CDC employees are taking time off, working around the clock to figure out the cause of the Legionnaire's disease. Mm -hmm. Dr. Joseph McDade, he's a CDC microbiologist, and he was all set to go on vacation with his wife for the holidays. 
but he is attending right before the holidays he's attending like i don't know like a cdc christmas party Hell yeah as you do <laughs> and some like cheeky little people there who definitely do not work at the cdc maybe mm-hmm. some wives or like sure, husbands sure. that are over there yeah, yeah. they are like why haven't you figured out this whole uh, legionnaire's disease you know don't talk about work at a work party <laughs> i know i know <laughs> rule number one rule number one is not the time <laughs> exactly <laughs> so they're like why haven't you figured it out yet after that, Dr. McDade was pissed yeah, and he cancels his vacation with his wife <laughs> and he goes her. back to the lab. <laughs> he's like, I don't want to do this. He's like, oh, I'm like, they're right. No, so he goes back to the lab and he picks up a guinea pig slide injected with the contaminated tissues to mm. view under the microscope. Mm-hmm. This is a slide Dr. McDade has seen a hundred times now yeah. at this point. And, you know, maybe it was the quiet of the lab sure, during the sure. holidays. No one's there to, yeah. like, bug him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's looking at it with fresh eyes. Right. It's like looking at a, a riddle that you've looked at right. thousands of times. <laughs> and then you're just like, you know what? Maybe just this one day will be yeah. the day it comes clear. Occam's razor yeah, yeah, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> right. So he looks at it under the microscope and he sees a bacteria he has never seen before. Hmm. It's like so beyond his scope at this point Mm -hmm. that he thinks it's a fluke. Mm. So he decides to just go with it. Luckily, Mm -hmm. he places blood from a patient with Legionnaire's disease onto the same slide with the guinea pig. Mm -hmm. And what he's essentially doing is he's looking for this guinea pig slide to develop antibodies Mm. in reaction to the blood sample with Legionnaire's disease. So if the slide develops antibodies, it will glow green. Mm. So... He looks at under the microscope, and lo and behold, the slide does glow green with antibodies. Mm. Finally, after 147 days, 34 people are dead now, Mm. and 221 hospitalized. This new bacteria was given its official name, Legionella. Quite pretty. Yeah. And I'm, I was pretty shocked when I saw this. Never heard of this story before, but about, while I was watching it and reading about it, mm. I was like, oh, like this is a pretty like common bacteria that we learn about mm. in our infectious disease. section of school and i was like oh i I had no idea like where this came from but it's it's important enough where we're learning about it constantly you know yeah yeah. anyways so it's luckily luckily a very common antibiotic can combat the disease and it's an effective antidote erythromycin it's it's a macrolide antibiotic if people are into that kind of stuff very run of the mill Mm -hmm. so it's easy to take that and so it's not anything that's like super deadly obviously it was deadly before because we didn't know what it was and we didn't know how to treat it so now that we know we can kind of just uh put pen to paper and add that medication on there but the question remains how the hell and where the hell did this disease come from right and they found megan Mm -hmm. i will confirm you had your theory okay let's see if it was right my guess is that it's 70s in the summer and they needed air conditioning mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and something's going on with the condensation that's coming off of the air conditioning because it ventilates out to yeah. the street. Yeah, yeah. So certain people are getting hit with whatever water droplets are dropping from yeah. the vents of the air conditioning units. Yeah. That's my guess. Okay. They found that Legionella can form in warm water conditions and travel through the air through water droplets. Okay. Dr. Fraser from the CDC believes that since no one staying inside the hotel got sick and only those who were outside or on the sidewalk more specifically, even like just inside the hotel lobby, that the disease likely came from the roof. Mm, Okay. 
the roof is where the air conditioning towers are. Uh, ding, 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 ding. Okay. So Megan was right. Megan was right. She's a smart yeah. bitch. That's what we're <laughs> friends. Uh, in the AC cooling towers, warm water is being cooled down and circulated. Mm-hmm. Excess water is collected at a shaft in the bottom, and it's supposed to drain out from there. But... If there are issues with drainage, then the water becomes stagnant. And that's how Dr. Fraser believes the Legionella developed. Interesting. From there, the Legionella will get picked up into the water droplets in the AC tower and blown up and out of the roof, as you said correctly, Megan, Mm -hmm. down the side of the hotel, Mm -hmm. over the sidewalk, eventually getting sucked into the lobby area. And I'm sure as well, it was also getting blown directly across the street, but nowhere else. Very, very interesting. It's just all about the airflow. It was a... Yeah, that's you're getting sick just literally based on wrong time, wrong yeah, place. Yeah, totally. That's really scary, honestly. It is scary. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's very interesting because you're you're technically safe even if your, you know, roommate, I guess, yeah. got it. Yeah. But if you don't hang out outside, I guess right. then you're fine. Right. How many ooh, I would love to see the studies that came out of this mm-hmm. of the people who contracted it mm-hmm. like how many of them were cigarette smokers Ooh. just stepping outside to take a, yeah. a drag, you know but i mean it is the 70s so probably smoking inside was still a thing that's true but you get what i'm saying like I i'm do like get how many of this was like people who had um you know habits that just warranted yeah. to step outside for a minute and then right. go back into the convention absolutely absolutely yeah. that's very interesting actually like i don't think this will answer that question mm-hmm. But kind of along the same point, the main symptom is pneumonia. Right. So obviously we, I mean, maybe it's not obvious, but pneumonia is an infectious disease that you can get in your chest, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so for people with Legionella, not everyone is prone to this. So the reason why the hospital, not the hospital, the reason why the hotel staff did not get sick, they could have because they, I'm sure they're walking in and out of their own hotel lobby, especially like the, I guess like the bellhop or the, the bell guy, like I don't know if they have valet at the time. I'm sure they do. Right. But they're standing in the prime yeah, danger yeah. zone, but they didn't get sick. Yeah. Why? Because they were young. Mm. It, they found that this is a disease that tends to target older people. Right. And these are, of course, veterans. Maybe right. some of them are on the younger side, which is why they didn't get sick. Right. That's why not everyone gets sick. It's like, um, it's like multiple levels where you had to be, as you said, right time right place more like wrong time wrong place but yeah and what other things have these veterans been exposed to that make them um more susceptible more susceptible totally because because going back to your idea of like were they smokers so people who are more at risk are a little bit on the older side uh anyone who already has existing respiratory diseases Mm -hmm. so anyone who probably already smokes anyone who has asthma anyone who has copd anyone who has congestive heart failure so those are already prime targets for this type of disease yeah Yeah. so it might be like a mixture of things for sure so there's a reason why not everyone looked like brillo pads correct correct yeah right for the picking so What's more interesting than that, I guess, to me, the identification of Legionella may be new, but it has been around for thousands of years. I was going to ask. I was like, maybe it was identified then. Yeah. Clinically in history, Mm -hmm. it's been talked about, but not fully isolated. Correct. Correct. Exactly. So I think this is just like a bacteria that's maybe been dormant or like it hasn't like really like come to pass in our you know, medical history. Right. So this, so after, even though it's been around for, you know, hundreds to thousands of years, after this particular incident, 
it was now being linked to past mysterious mm-hmm. cases and deaths that were seemingly, quote, out of nowhere. Yeah. So the actual first documentation of Legionella before we knew it was Legionella mm-hmm. was back in the 50s. Okay. Um, I believe it was also a veteran or someone like related yeah, to, yeah. you know, serving in, in the war. So well, I don't know if there's like a particular connection there with the right. veteran status, although I know like people who are not veterans got sick as well. Right. right but right. Um, that was yeah. the first instance. Yeah. How fascinating. Are you going to talk about how Legionella, what conditions yeah. do there need to be for this type of disease to come up? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, hell, I've seen stagnant water before, Correct. but I'm like, there might not be Legionella in that. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, how yeah. would I know? Did, did you look into Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not like maybe super thorough, but I, but I have some information. Mm-hmm. So Legionella is a gram-negative bacteria. We're getting towards the end, so we're going to talk toxicology part. So <laughs> Legionella is a gram-negative bacteria mm-hmm. and is first discovered in the blood of a soldier. So yeah, okay. a soldier back in the 50s, but it wasn't okay. officially understood that it was Legionella until this incident I'm talking about mm-hmm. in Philly, 1976. Okay. But where does it come from exactly? And, and how does it come, like how does it grow, I guess, mm-hmm. is the best way to say it. It is a free living organism that will grow in still waters mm-hmm. atop fresh lakes, rivers, and drinking water. Oh, okay. But think about it like this: like if you're, and I think I think an aspect of it is it has to be warm water because bacteria thrives. Any kind yeah. of bacteria uh, or even viruses, they like warm conditions. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, just like us. Yeah, yeah. So if you leave like a glass of tap water out in the sun for you know five, six, maybe right. even longer than that, yeah. and you might see some Legionella. Yeah. Yeah. Part of me is like, you know, growing up in general, Mm. we are given, I don't think I've ever been explicitly told like, don't drink that warm water that's been out in the sun or don't drink that stagnant brook water. That's really probably toxic. And I don't think that's ever been explicitly told to me, but I think there's been like someone probably saying like, oh, you don't swim in that. Right. Could be bacteria. Totally. Like people just say like that could bacteria. So there's a common sense of like, yeah, when you see like non-aerated, non-moving water, you you stay away. That's exactly right. So now basically what I'm trying to say, Poison Pals, is I'm I'm having flashbacks to all the times in the summer growing up Yeah. like, near Lake Tahoe area in the foothills of the Sierra Nevadas where you do have stagnant little brooks and like I'm yeah like, yep, no one swims in that because we just no. have this common sense of like that's probably just putrid <laughs> <laughs> that's that's uh swamp water yeah, that's, yeah. that's Shrek that's Shrek's land yeah. you don't step on Shrek's yeah, land that's true I'm best not, I'm best not full ogre movie. material yeah, yeah yeah I'm sure he's <laughs> immune to Legionella Although I do feel like it's like ogre summer. Like this it, year, it's hot ogre it summer. It is swampy. It is swamp, hot oh, swamp girl swamp. summer. Uh, <laughs> but what I, actually, I was, as you were saying that, I was thinking like, it would be such a good episode to talk about like what is in lake water. Because mm. for me, same thing that you were saying, mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm not supposed to drink stagnant water, but yeah. I know I'm not supposed to. Yeah. And even swimming in lake water, people are like, hey, don't drink the lake water. Like if you're swimming it, like Tahoe, for example, in California, you don't want to drink it. Maybe I would say like seven to eight times out of 10, like yeah. nothing will actually happen. Like you may not get sure, sick, sure. but on that off chance that you do, like you could get really sick because yeah. there's yeah. all kinds of things. It's not just Luchinella. There's like duck there's feces stuff. and all oh, kinds yeah. of stuff, you yeah, know? Yeah. It's just like a whole party down there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's just like one thing. It will it will it will target stagnant waters. I don't know if there's a difference between like fresh water versus salt water, right. but it seems to be more fresh water possibly because yeah. it's like lakes, rivers, drinking water. Sure, sure, yeah. 
Uh, Legionella as a disease, though, has significantly reduced because of public health. Yay, mm. public health. The measures that they have taken to, and this is the measures that they've taken is to monitor AC units and other kinds of cooling units yeah. so they aren't, you know, creating stagnant pools of water. The primary symptom or manifestation, as I said already, is, le- is pneumonia. And I've already talked about, like, who's susceptible. So mm-hmm. people with respiratory issues, asthma, CPUT, heart failure, so on. So, but I will say, I'll end on this. There's about 6,000 cases of Legionella disease that are reported each year in the mm-hmm. U.S. Okay. But a more recent hospital study noted that it's more like 8,000 to 18,000. I know that's a big gap. Mm-hmm. But 8,000 to 18,000 people are hospitalized each year mm-hmm. with Legion- Legionnaire's disease distinct from other types of pneumonia. Yeah. So it does happen. But the happy part, I guess, about it is it is easily treated. Okay. So Now, is it the pneumonia as a comorbidity that causes your lungs to look that way it's not the legionella itself i think i believe it is the legionella itself yes Hmm. that is that is something i should have looked more into so i will look into that did have a correction corner okay because this is done this is done you have any questions no really fascinating (laughs) yeah yeah that's that's really interesting yeah Mm -hmm. i'll never look at uh AC. I guess like like thing you don't have AC. This I is know. why we're sweating we're the blistering heat, swamping it up in this house. We, we're oh. swamp status because we don't want to get Legionella. <laughs> I know. I'll never look at uh, like urban puddles of water the same. Oh, that's another thing. It happens primarily in urban communities and yeah. yeah. urban cities. I wonder. Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm all, all about wanting to know what is that perfect circumstances for it to actually grow like we know it needs to be stagnant water yeah we know it needs to be hot Mm -hmm. we know it needs to have sit for a long time and in an urban environment but urban environments have so many variables is it you know what pollutions might come off of transportation Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know because you would think that those types of conditions have they must have been recreated at some point right. in, up until from yeah. from the beginning of time yeah, it to 1976 seem like an impossible Correct. environment to replicate back in the old days per se yeah yeah and, and it also makes me wonder now we're like thinking more broadly at this mm-hmm. point but it, it this is goes back to like a certain fascination i have about like early humans and mm-hmm. early human civilization like how did we first figure out how not to do certain things you know like i'm sure someone drank something and then died and they're like okay don't do that <laughs> but like realistically though like i'm assuming like depending on where you lived at the time right. maybe fresh water or just water in general scarce yeah. like how do they know how to what which water is safe to drink or do they just risk it for the biscuit i don't yeah. know i think okay so like hypothetically yeah let's say i forgot the main mm. dude from the cdc who david fraser david fraser let's say david fraser decided to just go on vacation and not look back at his slide and all that yeah realistically i think that we have it in us to be like our ancestors Mm -hmm. where the next year around when the legionnaires had their you know um next year's event yeah probably there would be less attendance you know what i mean you would naturally be like you know what people got freaking sick last time Mm -hmm. um 34 of us have died and 200 in the hospital i think i'm gonna skip on this one this year and i think that's the same very base you know um logic Mm -hmm. that you know our ancestors would make they would see like oh you know there was particular deaths in this one area of our village 
we will just move from that location and not go back. Correct. Yeah. Because at that Mm -hmm. point, I totally agree with, Mm -hmm. and I will say that's a great observation because Mm -hmm. you're right. The people who survived, Mm -hmm. some of the the veterans that they interviewed in this series, they said they never went back to the convention again. Even if it was in a different place, because it's not in Philly every year, right? Right, right. Even though it's somewhere else, they're like, we never went again. Yeah. Like, yeah, we we missed our friends. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, like it was traumatic for them to like see their friends die or get very, very sick or whatever it was that happened to them. So like, we know we're going again. Yeah. Thinking back Mm -hmm. to like old civilizations, Mm -hmm. it's even more terrifying for them. Like we have the, you know, I guess the foresight and the blessing to actually have the technology know what Mm -hmm. the root cause is. And even then they still don't want to go, which is totally understandable. So if you're thinking back then when, you know, someone just happened to die in a certain area, you don't Mm -hmm. know if it's because of the water or because of some plant or whatever it was. So you just have to like get up and move altogether is what is my thought. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I think obviously at some point there is probably a development of like you know curiosity of like okay well instead of just moving every time something bad (laughs) happens because that is inefficient yeah let's see if we can narrow down variables so then you get you get like you know what i imagine is like your initial medicine people or whatever right or like the test subjects Mm -hmm. and yeah. Or they, yeah, yeah. they like pick seven people, like exactly. whoever's been bad that month. You're like, sure. okay, Jim, you drink the water, you eat that plant, yeah, you yeah, eat yeah. this, and then we'll compare. Yeah. You know? That's probably how it went down. And what else do you do? <laughs> we can't move every summer. <laughs> we can't. Don't have the resources. Yeah. Okay. So so that's the, that's the end of that episode um, so or that story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I will. I do have a corrections corner from last week. Okay. When we were talking about melatonin, I I incorrectly exaggerated. (laughs) Um, So I was talking about uh, vitamin D supplements. Okay. And I I do believe that the correct international unit of like how much if you want to do if you want to take vitamin D supplements, which Mm -hmm. is totally fine, Mm -hmm. uh, highly recommend in some Mm -hmm. cases, especially if you don't get a lot of sun in your area. uh, It's 600, 800 units, international units for, you know, the right average person. Okay. Um, but what I incorrectly stated is that like in your CVS, what your Walgreens, your drugstore, that they will have higher international unit amounts. Mm. Um, so I said like something in the hundreds of thousands. <laughs> That's not correct. That's not correct. Yeah. It's more like um, in the tens of thousands, like okay. maybe like the highest you'll see is like 40 to 60,000. But that is still quite a lot compared a lot. to like the max that you can you should be ingesting is yeah. 800 international units. And- Forgive my ignorance. Yeah. What is an international unit? Like, what is that? <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a visual person. Sure, sure, I sure. I need to know Here. what that looks like on a What on is? A scale. What is? <laughs> I, like, is they it, talk about this all the time. Is it the same as three Skittles? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ten. We'll see. What is an international <laughs> unit? Okay, here we go. Okay, here we go. Cool, cool. Okay, so one international unit is the biological equivalent of about 0.67 milligrams or okay. 0.9 milligrams. Okay. All right. So small, but small. not crazy small. Not crazy small. Yeah. It's not like the picograms yeah, yeah. that we were talking about or yeah, even yeah. like micrograms. So yeah. 800 international units, that's like a good amount. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. so ingesting like 10,000 to 50,000 international units of vitamin D is no like no don't me, do that I'm like i i i still use <laughs> my my visual for milligrams was um 
I use a lot from the Oxy Coffin episode yeah. series, series yeah, yeah, that yeah. we did, and how I think about like there's the sixty, and then there's the mm-hmm. the one one twenty one twenty. And so yeah. that's a fatty pill, and that's that in milligrams. Is. So I'm like, okay, so 40,000 milligrams is like <laughs> a huge <laughs> tablet. It, it is. Hypothetically. That's yeah. insane. Like, that's massive. We were just talking about not being able to swallow last week. Like, yeah. we could not. Yeah. If this is 120, because it was about, like, what, like an inch long, probably of a pill of an inch yeah, long. Yeah, yeah, Then 40,000. Oh, yeah. I think also <laughs> something to note is that uh even though it, it's it's a bigger dosage they can still fit into like a small small tablet sure. because they'll just add it. less fillers yeah, and yeah, yeah. what what is called like excipients anything additives yeah. fillers things like that yeah, yeah. so yeah <laughs> it doesn't have to be like a massive <laughs> massive uh, like what you get at the freaking like uh what is it called the fair yeah. you get like the biggest stuffed animal and you have to fit that into your mouth <laughs> there's there's an episode of spongebob i think where mr krabs is like i need it oh pearl comes in and is like time to take your pill father oh my gosh that? yes it's yes. Just like, it's, just it's like the massive little, yeah yeah and he just like He's like a trash can. His mouth opens. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, we can't do that. But okay, so I just confirmed. Okay. I think the highest international unit that you can get a vitamin D three is fifty thousand. Damn. Um, Why would international you need units. that much? I mean, I you don't. Don't. Okay. don't. You don't. Not. I mean, would there be any sort of ailments or sicknesses where you would like? Yes, there. Yeah. There would be. I can't say off the top mm-hmm. of my head, but basically, if there's. The one thing I can think of is if you're not able to absorb fat soluble vitamins, which is vitamin A, D, E, and mm-hmm, K. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're not able to absorb those vitamins, then yes, you will need a higher international unit. But Got that it. would I would only take that if mm-hmm. your doctor explicitly says yeah. you need it, yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. Otherwise, it is not good for you to have that much. You know, yeah. it can have actually an adverse or like even almost like an opposite effect on yeah. your bone health. Because why do we take vitamin D? It's like more than just like, you know, for your skin and like just for your general health. It's mostly for like bone mm-hmm. growth and development and yeah. to maintain your both gro- growth yeah. and development. So it can actually have an opposite effect if you take too much. I will say this is now becoming like supplements thing, but <laughs> this is what I was learning it, for the episode, not the episode, but the video I was doing. Um, for people who don't get a lot of sunlight mm. most of the year, um, like doctors and medical institutions, they actually recommend against Mm. going out into the sun Mm. to get natural vitamin D. Not that you shouldn't, Mm. but they've noticed that because people like kind of overdo it Mm. and they're the risk for getting like melanoma or any kind of type of skin cancer Mm. is a lot more um, hazardous to your health than Mm. like getting some vitamin D out in the sun, if that makes sense. Like they would rather you get your vitamin D supplement or like you're you're up in vitamin mm. d through a vitamin yeah that you can buy from the store and yeah. you can be safe inside yeah yeah mm. it's a good reminder also because it is summer summer time wear your sunscreen i know it's tempting to be like crispy and cooked out yeah there. i know people want their summer tans oh my gosh that just reminds me of have you, are you seinfeld watcher i am not okay I I'm want just, to be. You want to be? Because <laughs> I'm just thinking about there's an episode for people who do watch Seinfeld. Ooh, Kramer does the whole thing where he like, he literally just like puts Crisco oil all over him and like tans oh, on the, his rooftop. God. And he just, he's like a turkey. Yeah. He's, a, he's a basted turkey. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, he's crisp. crisp. He's crisp. He's a leather couch. Yeah, he is literally <laughs> like a leather, a leather couch. All right. I think we're, we're good on this episode. That's so rad. Thank yeah. you for sharing that, Harry. Yeah, for sure. Love learning a little bit of history. Yeah. Yeah. Legionnaire's disease, people. 
there we go <laughs> and i said it was an airline it does sound Legion like an airline air. it does it literally yeah. air yeah <laughs> megan's not wrong she is two for two of this episode yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you for joining us for this first kind of like in-person session with us. We hope you enjoyed it. And yeah, we'll catch you on the flip side. But we'll do. Yeah, I was like antidotes or we'll do. I'll do antidotes. Yeah. 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 So I'll go first. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Um, My antidote is is that Harini's in town. That's honestly super exciting. I know. I didn't mean to like. (laughs) Don't take. Now I have to say it's because of Megan. Um, Actually. Are you going to change it? No, because Harini's in town. But also, I weirdly have a couple people visiting me these summer months, uh, end of June and Mm mid-July. And you you guys are visiting us today, Poison Pals. (laughs) So that's one. She'll be coming in July. That's so, so I got cool. two friends from New Zealand, and I'm happy for them because I think it's because they can finally like fully travel now, and that's oh, why they're no way. like, "Let's get out!" Let's oh my gosh, go. yeah, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, what a place to live! Yeah, my gosh, yeah. you gotta you gotta like make a trek over there. I know at some point, and I think it's they're starting their winter over oh, there because okay. it's opposite. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, I think their winter is starting as our summer. Okay starts so we'll need to ship some vitamin d subs to to, to new zealand i know okay um but that's what i that's my antidote i got some good people coming to town and, awesome and- my antidote is uh, honestly same thing it's been nice to be in san diego and i'm glad i'm like yeah. it's not it's not just like a two to three day stint so i'm yeah. here for a luxurious two weeks i get to yeah. enjoy my time with megan my yeah, family yeah. It's just really nice to be home. They're very They're, excited I'm for me sure, to be home. Yeah. I yeah. figured they'd be very excited to have you back. Plus, I already got you jam-packed this weekend. I know. Going to baseball game. We're going to baseball go game, Padres. dude. Padres. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. So, uh, Megan, you got to watch the, the latest Tiki Talk. Okay. Because okay. it is about the San Diego Padres. Oh, snap. Okay, yeah. I'm and who watch. the original Padre is. Oh, it's it's a cool story. I, I've I've heard about this story a long time ago. If yeah. if people listening are like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> um, you can go watch it on TikTok. But also, I realize not everyone are TikTok people, so I'm starting to put po- put all the videos on an Instagram account. So yeah. it's just literally right. the same content, mm-hmm. but if you want to consume it in a different way, yeah. it's all. a it's a different Instagram account than our deadly dose one. yeah okay different one so i don't yeah. spam everyone on deadly dose because i understand not everyone's that's not everyone's cup of tea yeah so, so the, yeah. the tiktok again is um at til science mm-hmm. and the instagram account is the same yeah so handle. it it's at til underscore science because someone oh. took til science score in there yeah. <laughs> yeah so that's today i learned science so you i will put all of that in the show notes but mm-hmm. come hang it's it's a good time mm-hmm. All right, Megan, All right. I'm going to take this on out. Take it away. Um, don't risk it for that stagnant AC tower biscuit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sounds good. Keep cool for the summer, yeah. as Demi Lovato says, but not too cool. <laughs> yeah. Don't be so desperate you're drinking out of some AC tower water. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Definitely not. Okay. Bye, right. Poison Pals. Peace.